Well, hey everybody, it's Ryan Lee. Welcome to Make It A Great Day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love the opportunity to talk with you every day about how we can be more positive, how we can make a bigger dent in people's lives. And right now we're really focused in on learning about how some great leaders are doing just that for their organization. And so we've got our continuation on learning with and growing with leaders during this interesting time. Great friend of mine, Steve Klingman, who is the president of Hayden Homes, joins me this week. Hayden Holmes is a huge home builder here and around uh, the great Northwest. And very, very interesting to hear about how they're coping with this time and how they're continuing to do great work, great community support, and um, still having people buy homes without them even going inside. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope everyone makes it a great day. Thank you. Well, welcome to Make It a Great Day, The Power of Positivity. Ryan Lee coming to you live and direct on a beautiful Tuesday, talking to a great friend, another incredible leader. And I was personally very excited to talk with uh, Mr. Steve Klingman, president of Hayden Homes, because I thought, what a unique industry uh, to be talking through at a time like this that is so physical, um, but also can practice great restraint. And so with that, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Yeah, Ryan, good to hear your voice, buddy. Absolutely. So we'll kind of dive right in. Um, like I mentioned, very physical and very much working with a lot of customers. Uh, top of mind, what are some of the bigger challenges and opportunities that have presented themselves uh, since we've had shelter in place and some of the physical distancing um, that has been asked of you and your teams? Yeah, you know, the um, this recession, which we're, you know, I think we're all pretty aware that we're in a recession at this point. Um, it's it's very different than the last one, especially for our industry, um, and mostly because of shelter in place and the fact that it's hitting everybody at the same time. So um, one of the biggest challenges about this is the working remotely, and more from a staying connected. Um, it's a, it's during the last recession we were able to at least be together while we're going through really challenging times. Today we're not, and um, and so working on those things because we as humans we're social animals. And our culture at Hayden Homes is really strong. And it's a result of a group of people who share a common set of values and beliefs. And it grows strong by spending time together. And so going into this, once we started moving people to work out of remote locations and out of their homes, we really doubled down on our technology and our focus on the frequency of our meetings and how we're meeting. And so, um, yeah, that's been, a, that's been one of the main focuses for us uh, outside of just the craziness of what's going on in the business um so and speaking of hayden homes and i've been blessed to know and heard that name a lot but for those of you that haven't um can you give just a little bit of a quick description on who hayden homes is and then would love to hear how you became a member of hayden homes yeah so hayden homes we are um we're a regional home building company based in redmond oregon and uh, we build throughout the northwest so Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. We've got about 60 communities uh, going throughout the three states. And um, this year we will build just under 1,800 homes across the three-state area. That's awesome. The, um, that's, that's what we do. Why we are here is we were founded by some amazing people, Bob and Virginia Watson, and believed that um, our, our responsibility is to be a good steward of creating high-quality affordable homes in the Northwest. And uh, and so we did that, and um, starting from very humble beginnings in 1989, we just celebrated 30 years uh, in 2019. 
But um, we exist to give as you go uh, because we think together we can all build a strong community and lead fulfilled lives. And so that's what our team members aspire to every day. Um, we believe in building a strong community. We believe in helping hardworking families in small towns create stability. And um, our give as you go spirit, it's our team members helping to provide the essentials uh, for these hardworking men and women to provide the, uh, for them, for their families to flourish. And so uh, that's what, that's why Hayden Homes uh, is out where we are doing what we do. We, we operate primarily in what we consider uh, small towns, um, uh, smaller, you know, we don't operate in Portland or Seattle. We're in uh, towns like Springfield and College Place and Moses Lake and Nampa. Um, and th those are the customers that we serve because we feel like there's a real need for high quality affordable housing. That's awesome. I came to work for Hayden Homes uh, back in June of 2000. So um, most of your, um, your listeners, well, your listeners can't see my face, but I used to have, you know, a full head of hair. If you see me now, it's <laughs> not any left. Uh, but I, I'm going to be celebrating 20 years this June with Hayden Homes. And I started here right out of college as an assistant project manager um, on a job site in Redmond, Oregon, and um, had the fortunate opportunity to work in just about every single department over the last 20 years for Hayden Homes and um, became president in 2015. So just just celebrated five years in my current role, which uh, it's a blessing to get to work with the team that I have. And I tell people that uh, when I was leaving college, I was looking for a career, not a job. And what I found at Hayden Homes is a way of life. Uh, my friends, my family would not be, um, they wouldn't really, the, uh, the, my friends and my family are members of my company and members um, from my hometown. And, and it's been really fun to see all of those blend over the last 20 years and the interactions my brothers and my parents have with my coworkers and my coworkers with my family. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. That's really cool. As we think about building homes and what you guys do, we'd love to hear a little bit just logistics. I'm just curious, you know, what's the day in the day life now on a job site all the way to presenting a home for someone uh, to potentially buy it? Yeah. So, um, Construction was deemed essential in all three states right when the uh, shelter-in-place order came about in uh, so Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. Uh, about a week or two into the shutdown, Washington uh, deemed construction non-essential. And so there was a four-week period there ending just last Friday, the, uh, uh, what was that? The, well, 24. whatever last Friday. Yeah, yeah. 24th. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the state opened back up for construction as an essential activity. Um, so in Oregon and in Idaho, um, it's been, uh, it's not been business as usual. Um, it's been, our jobs are continuing, have been continuing to move forward this whole time at a little bit of slower pace, uh, intentionally on our part to make sure that we had all the safety and health precautions in place for our team members, our trade partners and our community members. And so there's been a lot of uh, social distancing uh, rules put in place on our job sites, a lot of um, sanitary hand sanitizers, uh, face mask, goggles, um, you name it. We've, we've got, we're providing it for our trades and our su supply partners. And, uh, and then the social distancing, just making sure there's not uh, more than one trade in a house at a, at the same time, but residential construction really lends it itself well to social distancing, the size and scope of our job sites, even the size of a home under construction, uh, the ability to stay at least six feet apart is, um, accomplished relatively easily and we're doing everything to ensure that that happens. Um, when it comes to a sales standpoint, 
Um, we've moved to an appointment only model. So our model homes, we've got uh, 35 model homes uh, across the three states. Uh, they're now by appointment only. And um, so that we can manage the sanitation and, and making sure there's not uh, more than one person in the model home meeting with our sales representative. We can keep social distancing in order there. Uh, but we've also moved a number of our sales team members to work remotely as well. And uh, we can sell homes virtually. We actually just launched today a buy now feature on our website. And for, for those of you in a, a number of other e-commerce businesses, you'll think that, well, why shouldn't you be able to buy a home online? But for our industry, we feel like we're, um, we're ahead of our times a little bit. And uh, it's been an initiative we've been working on for over a year. Um, but it's been fun to ramp that up uh, given the current COVID-19 conditions where now a lot of our appointments are virtual. So you can go through all of the sales selection process, view your home, um, do some 3D uh, viewing, or even do virtual tours of our homes from the comfort of your living room, uh, interact with our team members through our chat feature online or uh, through phone call, Zoom calls, Skype, FaceTime, you name it. And uh, we can walk you through the the contract buying process. So we've had a, a number of sales that have been virtual uh, beginning in middle of March. And uh, I think so far we're, by the end of this month, month and the first half of March, there will be, be about 160 of our homes have sold uh, from a virtual um, standpoint, which is it's remarkable because there was, um, there were some of this was, some of this was going on prior to the, the pandemic because we have a lot of buyers that come from out of state. And so they're not coming to our model homes there interacting with us online. Uh, but so we were able to enhance some of those features um, given the current circumstances. I'm pretty excited about where that's going. Yeah, I think it kind of fits into the industry, you know, whether it's the rocket mortgage of the world or different things that you're watching, you know, trying to find more things happen. When you think about that, um, 160, is a, a, that's, that's incredible um, to see that ramp. Um, are there things like that? Or are there things in the trade side too, where you've seen technology maybe play a different role um, than you had previously because you have been forced to have a bit more distancing um, in those relationships? You know, the, um, when it comes to home building, uh, the work still happens by craftsmen on site. Um, there's a few things that get uh, pre-manufactured offsite, but, but a vast majority of the construction of our homes happens on the job site. And so, um, and, and if you were to, to look at some of the statistics nationally, I mean, of jobs available, it's only uh, about 25% of the jobs in America are, are actually accomplished working remotely. Um, so that leaves about 75% of those who collect a paycheck have to go to a place uh, in order to do the work that they do. And that's no different for us. You know, our trades, and our supply partners have to come to our job sites and our homes have to be constructed there. And so there's not a lot of technological changes happening from that perspective, um, just due to the nature of how our homes are built. But having a way to connect that consumer is, so you've kind of got to your point, that, that best of both worlds and then obviously around that safety. One thing I'd love to touch back on that you mentioned right at the start, and um, I've, again, been in communities and seen Hayden come in and understand how big of culture is a factor of who you guys are and then what you do for the community. Um, you know, that culture is being around one another. And I'd just be curious to hear what are some fun things that you are doing, you know, still virtually and stuff to keep that rolling. And then, you know, maybe some things that you guys are continuing to do for the communities um, that you do build in, because I know they're so essential and so important to your DNA. Yeah. So um, volunteering. So we have a, a 
private nonprofit that we founded uh, back in 1998. It's called First Story. And um, we're still set to build six first story homes this year. And those are homes for families who would most likely not be able to afford a home. Otherwise, we work with the local housing authorities in all three states. Um, and we just delivered our 83rd first story home. Um, and uh, we've got a number more, a number of them still yet to deliver this year. Um, and then last week we had uh, two homes that uh, of the of the 83 that we've delivered, two of which have come back up for uh, new homeowners to move into. We call those fresh starts, and um, we moved two new families into those homes uh, this last week. So, no matter what the uh, what the challenge is going on, that we feel like there's a lot of good to be done in the community, and through First Story, we're really working hard at continuing that that pride of home ownership and delivering the American dream to all those families that need just a little extra help up in life. And then outside of that, the, um, one of the cool things about our team is that um, there are a number of our team members that are working differently or have more capacity than they did before this um, working remote and shelter in place started. And so as an example, we have a customer service team that schedules appointments and goes into customers' homes and, and fixes anything that comes up over their warranty period. Well, just because of social distancing and safety standards, we're not going into our customers' homes at this time. And so instead, what we're doing is we're reaching out to those customers uh, under warranty and just using our extra time to find out other things that they might need that we can help them with, whether it's a grocery delivery or you, you really name it. And there's been a lot of really fun stories that we've heard. Um, one of our customer service team members uh, did a YouTube video for one of our customers that had locked themselves out of their thermostat. And so they were able to walk them through it through FaceTime. And then um, after that, they recorded a little video on how to do it going forward and sent them that YouTube link so that anytime this happens again in the future, they would, um, they would be able to just click on that and watch Luis show them how to turn their thermostat back on. So that was, I thought that was pretty cool. And so our team members are reaching out. The, the tough thing is, is a lot of the giving that we do in the community comes people to people and we're not as able to be person to person right now. And so we're doing a lot of uh, giving of things that we have to help out those in need. So there's um, shoes and jackets and a variety of things. Um, a lot of uh, canned goods and foods our team members have been kind of compiling at our, our local support center. And then um, uh, different groups have come up, come to help them out, whether it's veterans groups or uh, homeless shelters here and around our region. Um, so it's it's been fun to see our team continue to engage in this give as you go spirit while we're having all these different work-life challenges going on. I think it's so awesome. And I, and I know to your point, it, it's usually in that physicality, but just those stories of reaching out just to be a voice. You know, for some people as a customer service, they might not be talking to anybody any time during the day. So even if you're not doing anything other than just saying we're here and we're available and, and we want to connect, I, I just think that's so awesome that you guys are allowing for team members to do that and to really impact and, and create that strong relationship. When you think about yourself, Steve, during this, um, you know, what are some things that you've learned about yourself? Um, in um, as you said, recession, we kind of talked, but like you said, it's a different kind of recession. Would just kind of love to know if there's anything that jumps out about what you've been learning about yourself as a leader during this time. Yeah, I think the, uh, the one of the things that I've um, spent some time on. Um, so I have an executive coach, which is a great fortune. I've uh, been working with him since middle of last year, and uh, and that's. That's just been a really convenient tool to have while all of this stuff's going on is this uh, relationship. His name's Jack. And, and um, so 
when all of this started going down, I think all of us as leaders felt the weight of the world on our shoulders is like, okay, here we go. What do we need to do? And how do we, how do we act in this environment? And what are the right decisions to be made? And with that weight, um, that's pressure. And that pressure, it's how, how do you manage stress? And so uh, with Jack's help, I've really not just said, okay, well, here's what I need to do. It's really diving into what is stress. And stress is the, the, um, how we make sense of the pressure and having some really uh, understanding what positive, effective tools, coping mechanisms I have to manage stress, and then what are the ineffective, um, negative um, uh, stress management tools, and really then incorporate those into my, into my life, like be intentional. So I wrote them down. Um, and then what are the things that give me energy? You know, how am I managing my energy? You know, s- things like sleep and exercise, family time, connecting with people, people give me energy and you know, we're not around people anymore. So um, those are the, the, the stress management and uh, personal energy are things that I've really spent a lot of time digging into. And I've gotten so much out of it in the first couple of weeks of this um, coronavirus stuff. So I, I hosted a session with Jack and all of our leaders in the organization to take them through those same steps, because just as much as we think in our roles, we're carrying it all, uh, that's absolutely not true. Everybody in the organization is carrying a significant amount of pressure on their shoulders um, because of how much they care about what they do and how much they care about the organization. And so helping them through that um, was really fun. And it, it um, to me, that was something that I got to learn a little bit about why I do the things that I do and how some of those uh, stress management tools started in my childhood. Um, but it was it was really cool to be able to go through that. The other thing that I've learned about myself is to really rely on my training. Um, all the leaders that listen to your podcast, you know, we've all read and read dozens and dozens of leadership books over the years. Um, and our organization has a very defined purpose. I've have a defined purpose for myself. It's, it's relying on those tools that are already there for you and using them because it's really easy to take everything, you know, flush it out the window and just stress out about, Oh, what do I do now? Well, I think you know what to do. I know what I need to do. And that gives me the ability for things to slow down. Um, and then if you start to see things more clearly. And so that's worked really well for me through these, uh, these past five, six weeks. Yeah. I think one good word that comes to mind as you share that is trust. Like you, you trust the process, trust the journey, obviously you make tweaks and changes depending on, but it, yeah, we've all read a lot of books and we've done a lot of things. I think you gave some great advice there. Um, would love to just know of any other, I know you talked a little bit about routine and your training. How important has that routine been for you? Well, I think all of our lives have been super disrupted through this, our home life, our work life. Uh, we're on this zoom call. I'm on zoom all the time. Um, the routine has been extremely important because finding a new routine is getting to a, you know, this abnormal new normal, um, the routine and being disciplined and following it has been, a game changer for me because that the first, it was probably the first week where there was so much change going on. The States were doing the shelter in place. We're trying to figure all this stuff out. There was no routine. I was getting up really early, getting on different zoom calls and then not, not really ending until it was time for me to go to bed and not having any balance in there. And once I started to put the routine in place and have that balance, I felt like I, things calmed down, they slowed down. And I also was, better able to be more intentional and directive on how I'm going about my day and what I need to accomplish versus 
feeling like I was in reaction mode. Um, so the routine was, was really big. That's awesome. If I was to give some, some other leaders, uh, another piece of advice is, um, it's okay not to have the answers. It's okay to ask for help. Uh, vulnerability in the words of Brene Brown is not weakness. Vulnerability is our most accurate measure of courage. And so you don't have to have the answers. Nobody expects us to have all of the answers and it's okay to ask for help and ask others what they think. Um, and then rely on your fundamentals, you know, the fundamentals of your business. Um, we know they're there and we really, if we stop and think about it and let things slow down, we, we know what to do. That's awesome. I heard that Brene quote in there, which is an awesome one. And you know, I am a, a huge quote supporter. And yeah. um, I know as we started this, you mentioned you had a few up your sleeve and I'd love to hear any other ones that you leverage every day that kind of helps give you that, that focus. Sure. Um, you know, the one I thought, I thought, you know, kind of talking about stress or, or what, what some of us call worry. Um, this one comes from Corey Tenboom. Um, she is a, uh, she's a former Dutch watchmaker. Um, and I, I come along these, like, you know, there's a guy named Dale Lovett that's in our circle and he sends out daily inspirations all the time. And then I follow people like Brene Brown and, and Simon Sinek and uh, Victor Frankel. I mean, there's a number of them out there, but um, so these things kind of come my way from a variety of different sources, but I love to put them in front of my team as well. Um, every time we're on a team meeting, I, I have some sort of a uh, daily inspiration or uh, Dale Carnegie is somebody who I uh, spent a lot of time reading and he's got 30 human relations principles. So I have one in my um, calendar every day of the month. Um, and those are great ways to kind of just ground yourself before the day starts. But from Corey Tenboom is worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Um, so I think about that uh, from time to time because it's good to have that perspective for me is, um, you know, worry is not really going to do anything. But uh, and then um, another one that I got the author is unknown, um, but it was a really cool one because it's it puts life in the uh, in the perspective of a camera. So this one is life is like a camera. Focus on what's important. Capture the good times. Develop from the negatives. And if things don't turn out, take another shot. <laughs> that is oh man, that's. That is a great one and a perfect one uh, for these times. Well, Steve, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, just enjoyed the time and I can't stress enough how incredible it is to hear of companies like yourself that in times like this, rely on the fundamentals, but also rely on the fact that their culture and what they can do for the community is really what matters. And so cool to hear the stuff you guys are doing. So really, really appreciate the time. Hey, well, Ryan, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, you're an inspiration, buddy. Um, you're the most positive guy that I I know, and I appreciate what you're doing. These podcasts are great, and it's a great way to get, um, you know, the energy out there into the world and help us all help each other. So, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you. Thank you.